Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. You made it to Friday. We consider Friday the end of the week here at This Week in Startups. The one, we start up again on Sunday. You get yeah, Saturday exactly. off. But it is Friday. It is Friday. It's Friday. Saturday you chill. Friday you work. But yes. really, when we say work, what mm. we mean is spend a really long time talking about movies with our bestie, Lon Harris. <laughs> so great. <laughs> it's the show so great. is for us. We love cinema, TV shows. Molly and I love the pop culture. We love science fiction. I like a rom-com. She does not. She I wants- like one. I like two rom-coms. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about those exact, what are those exact rom-coms today? But there's a lot of news in streaming. Amazon has a TikTok competitor. DC is rebooting the universe. You, you may lose your Wonder Woman. You may lose your Aquaman. Everything's uh, up in the mix. And then, of course, big debate over HBO's new name, Max, for their streaming services. I'm going to explain why I think this is the best of the worst choices. And then... Minds may be changed. And then we end the show with another episode of OK Boomer with producer Rachel, who is interviewing Alex Banks, who is the co-founder of a company called Tribe Scaler. It's all in this episode. It's going to be a great show. And I go off on A.O. Scott's top 10 movie list. <laughs> it is an insane and Jason discussion. Gets based. I, it's, it's based J-Cal. <laughs> Stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by... Odoo is a fully customizable and fully integrated suite of business apps that lets you build and scale your stack as you build and scale your business. Odoo is now offering all of their award-winning applications, services, and maintenance for under $25. To learn more, go to odoo.com slash twist and Age Tech Collaborative. Startups, your go-to market team is waiting. AgeTech Collaborative's cutting-edge accelerator program connects you with investors, testbeds, like-minded innovators, and industry expertise. They're taking AgeTech to the next level. Join them at agetechcollaborative.org slash twist. Hey, everybody. It is Friday. It's this week in streaming. We normally do this on Thursday, but you know the, the flow of the news has been a little chaotic. And anyway, Thursday is for the streaming weekend. Maybe Fridays are better. I don't know. I like but it. Anyway, it gets you ready for the weekend when you got you got a whole list. You leave here with a whole list of show to watch. Yeah, precisely. Friday's a good TV yeah. day. Yeah, this works for a good like TV, TV day. TV hopefully, day. hopefully we get this out in time. Uh, Lon Harris is with us. Follow him on Twitter, twittercom L-O-N-S. and you could stump the lawn anytime you like. <laughs> Just tell him two or three <laughs> pop culture items you like, and he will come back to you. So, for example, we need if a I said, you know, I love. The Rolling Stones. Mm. And uh, I love The Clash. Just giving me bands now? Okay. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I really hell? enjoy the story. You know, I like uh, ensemble cast. So I love Boardwalk Empire and The Sopranos and, and ensembles like that. Which should I watch next, Lon? Hmm. Take a second there. I well, gave there, you. There is a, there's a show that's coming up on Amazon in a few months <laughs> called Daisy Jones and the Six that sounds exactly like what you're describing. It's like a fictional band, like a Fleetwood Mac inspired 70s rock band. And oh. the show is going to follow them on tour. But, you know, like Fleetwood Mac, there's tons of internal conflicts and they're all dating oh, and betraying one another stunning. and sleeping around. So it's going to be an ensemble sort of drama, but set within a traveling mm. rock band sounds exactly like what you were what you were saying. No. You're a big fan of the Rolling Stones, so there you go. Also, you I go. would mention Rolling Stones 
ensemble cast. If you're not watching Slow Horses on Apple TV Plus, everybody, just season two just debuted this week. Gary Oldman stars based on a series of British novels. It's basically MI5, which is like UK's FBI, like their internal sure. MI6 would be James Bond. That's their CIA. Mm-hmm. MI5 mm-hmm. is their internal police. Uh, so it's about the agents for MI5 that screw up, but they don't fire them. They want to just get them out of the way. They send them to a place called Slough House, which is like where the reject spies go who they just want to stick in a hole. Gary Oldman is the spy chief who runs Slough House. And so it's just them getting into adventures and having spy cases. Really fun. Like comedy? But it's it's a dry, very deadpan, very British. It's like a spy thriller, but with a dark, funny sense of humor. And spy Uh, stuff. But Mick Jagger wrote the original theme song. So it has a Rolling Stones Ah, tie-in. So there you go. Got it. Got it. All right. So that's it. You give him a jumping off point. He's going to get you there. It's going to get you there. All right. The thing I think we have to talk about is either Molly, and uh, I'll let you here, ladies' choice, tell us which one you think is the bigger story. The DC universe, which we put Lon in charge of, um, mm-hmm. for some reason, they put some gun in charge of it, and he made Didn't some stick. decisions. Or, in a related news, HBO Max and Discovery have decided on the name Max for their streaming service. Which should we go for first, Molly? I was really enjoying Mm. um, Lon's tweets about Mm -hmm. the DC Universe developments. Mm. Okay. And also, personally, even though I thought that Wonder Woman 2 was an abomination, god-awful, one of the few unwatchable things I can even... so disappointing. Remember, I'm still... Hella furious about Wonder Woman 3 being canceled. So I kind of want to start there. Okay, great. Let's do it. So we, we don't know. What would you have chosen, this, Lon? It's a lot. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think this is the big. The, the, to me, this is definitely the big story. I mean, everything big. The only stuff we're getting this week is, is Warner Brothers Discovery HBO Max news. So it all kind of ties in weirdly together. But uh, yeah, I think this is the big story this week. It, it's not a story yet, because really, Gunn and Safran, Peter Safran, who they're going to co-run DC Studios together now, they're basically going to pitch Zazlav this coming week. They're going to, they've got their presentation. Here's our vision. Here's where we see this, the DC universe going. And this is all, people talk to various, you know, reporters around town, and we're getting sort of the preview. Here's where their their heads are at. So what mm. this is... What this is making it sound like is that Gunn and Safran want to basically reboot the DC cinematic <sighs> universe. They're going to move away from the Snyder actors and all that Zack Snyder casting that we've had for years. And they're wow. going to try to do their own thing. Now, there's nothing definitive yet, except Wonder Woman 3 seems pretty certain that that's not going to move forward. Uh, and there's a little bit of disagreement. Deadline is saying there. To me, it sounds like Deadline is talking to people from Seven Bucks, the Rocks Company. And they're telling them, Black Adam did okay. We might have more Black Adam movies. And Gunn and Safran's people are like, Black Adam also dead in the water. So that that may be gone. Ooh. But the, the big thing is, it, it, it sounds to me like what a lot of the article is saying is they're going to try to move away from the Cavill, the Momoa, Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller, that whole wing, and try to make it more their own or try to reboot the cinematic Mm. universe. And the real big question mark here is the Flash, because we know that that Flash movie, it has Cavill in it. It has Momoa in it. It's sort of a, 
introduction to the next era of DC films. And if they're not going to move those guys forward anymore, why would you put that in a movie? It just seems like it creates a weird contradiction. But in your tweets, and it was kind of interesting, you were like, I don't know if I totally understand the strategy of just wipe the slate clean. Like it does feel a little scorched earth and poor fan service, which we've talked about a lot with these new, you know, Darth Vader types coming in and basically being like, screw the fans. I don't feel like I would be as definitive. And we don't know. Maybe maybe Gunn agrees with me and it's just this article is is making that not clear. But to hmm. me, I feel like there's no need to to say we're not going to keep Jason Momoa as Aquaman. The, the casting a guy to be Aquaman in America and the world loving him was a huge gamble. Like why lightning might not strike twice. Why would you risk it? People spent a mm. billion dollars to go see Jason Momoa as Aquaman. You've got another Aquaman movie coming out. Just keep him in your back pocket. You don't need to green light Aquaman three next week. But if you're making another movie in a year and there's a scene that it would be cool if Aquaman shows up, why wouldn't you want to be able to get on the horn with Jason Momoa and be like, hey, show up for these three scenes? It gets people excited. You know, it mm. gooses the, the, the audience. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I, it seems weird that you would say we're going to just this. These guys are done and we're starting over. That just riles people up unnecessarily when you could just do something like Joker or the suicide. You could sort of reboot it anyway. You don't have to declare it ahead of time. Our intention is to reboot everything. Looking for a better way to manage your company without tons of expensive disconnected software? Then you need Odoo. Odoo is an affordable, all-in-one management software with a massive suite of fully integrated applications designed to handle any unique business need. Sounds great, right? Well, it gets even better. Odoo is now offering all of their award-winning applications, services, and maintenance for under $25. That's right. For less than $25, you get 100% of Odoo for 90% less than the average market price. And Odoo is so much more than a world-famous ERP. That's Enterprise Resource Planner. Odoo has over 80 applications for everything your company will ever need. We're talking CRM, marketing, accounting, manufacturing, inventory, you name it. Odoo's got it. So as your business grows and your needs change, Odoo will be there every step of the way with dozens of user-friendly solutions to choose from, and you get it all for under $25. To learn more, go to odoo.com slash twist. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash twist. Get more done in less time for a fraction of the price with Odoo. Your plan, as previously stated, when I, you know, laterally put you in charge, mm-hmm. was to run a multiverse. Right. Now, of course, Zaslav is truly in charge, uh, but, you know, we'll see how this goes. There might have been a case for me to actually be put in charge of this company and to let you pursue the multiverse version of this, which is, hey, you have the Snyderverse, Patty Jenkins verse. You've got the um, The Robert Pattinson verse. And then you've got whatever. Joker with uh, Todd Phillips, which is, you know, they've got their own Joker. They've got their own Harley Quinn now. I mean, that's the other yeah. the other question mark is Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn. We know James Gunn had her in his The Suicide Squad movie. Is she gone forever? Or is Lady Gaga our okay. new Harley Quinn? Are we going to recast Harley Quinn? There's tons of these kinds of question marks. I, mean, I have a theory Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. Yeah. Not, I'm stepping away from the business for a moment to be a fan because that would just be so stupid. And then, well, the other interesting wrinkle there is Margot Robbie, because she's doing press right now for Babylon. She's in the new Damien Chazelle movie that opens in a few weeks. Uh, 
So she's doing press. They, they've just been asking her about this. And she had yeah, this so. very, she had this very interesting, you know, quote where she, she's been talking about, she's been pushing DC to have a Harley Quinn Poison Ivy team up movie because they're dating in the comics. And so she was like, I'd like Poison Ivy should be Harley Quinn's girlfriend in the movies and they do a team up movie. So when she first said that, people were reading that as like, oh, she's pitching this to Warner Brothers and she's trying to get the audience excited about it as part of the pitch. But now you could almost read it as if she thinks she's out, she's retroactively being like, well, here's what I wanted to do. They wouldn't let mm. me, you know, like mm -hmm. she's kind of it's politicking it after the fact now that she knows she's not going to be Harley Quinn anymore. OK, so this is my point. Here's what's happening in a power vacuum. People start going after power. You have The Rock, very powerful yeah. force in the universe, who aligned himself with uh, Henry Cavalli. Is that how you pronounce his name? Well, here's Danny Garcia, the guy who runs Seven Bucks with The Rock and is the man. The Rock's manager is also Henry Cavill's manager. So yes. that's straight up just the business. That's finance. He's, They're trying they, to get yeah. those guys right. Those, that, that's a They're trying deal. to secure those roles, and they want to say, "Hey, we are a power couple over here." And and that's how he wound up in the Black Adam. Black Adam right. is a failure. It's going to make or lose fifty million, which in the superhero universe is failure. Yeah, Deadline and and Dwayne are sort of trying to dispute that, but I don't feel like they're either numbers add either up. situation plus or minus fifty for a you know profit or loss for a tentpole is a failure. There is mm -hmm. only one success, and that's making over 100 200 million in profit anything else is a failure you would agree with I that just, i uh, yeah i, As I agree on a with business that. level i agree with, not only do i agree with that but i think we know what the benchmarks are for like runaway success when the audience yes. is behind you and they love it yeah. and it's a big hit you get to 600 million 700 million you yes. a billion globally i mean you know we, we've seen aquaman did it the batman has you know like movies can do it so the yes. fact that Black Adam didn't get there. That's it. People didn't connect it, with the character. Right. The story wasn't, I liked it. My kids liked it. It I just thought, wasn't a breakout. I thought it was fun. I really like Pierce Brosnan and his Dr. Fate. That's an old DC character. I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Fantastic. I thought he nailed it. Yeah. Then you have Patty Jenkins. She's going mm -hmm. for hers. And I'll just wrap up my, my power yeah, factor. Yeah, the concept here. You got Patty Jenkins. Uh, and she's pulling the Wonder Woman card. Wonder Woman is arguably the best character to come out of this whole thing mm -hmm. in my opinion if i had to pick my top three out of this whole thing it's it's wonder woman and um wonder woman and then aquaman. maybe aquaman yeah and then i guess i go batman and maybe you know the henry cavalli or whatever his name is he's kind of boring super boring super flat no offense so great a mission impossible i think that's his best role I like perfect also he, he's did you guys ever number see two. that uh, and Guy the Ritchie's The Man from Uncle movie. I, I highly, highly recommend. This was this does not get what you know. Man from Uncle was like a six. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The totally campy. That was fantastic. Guy Ritchie did a movie fantastic. version a few years ago with Henry Cavill as Napoleon Solo and the the disgraced now disgraced Army Hammer uh, as the uh, as the other main role, and it's super good. Time really share salesperson. person. Time share salesperson. Yeah, yeah. To, to time right, exactly. Cayman Islands timeshare yeah. chief. Army Hammer, yeah. Probably not now, as fun to Margie watch Robbie now. Now, Robbie is really going good. for her power play. Mm -hmm. And by the way, just on your point, I can tell you young people are obsessed with the love affair between Harlequin and Ivy. This is the lesbian 
uh, theme for a lot of young people. This is a major thing that people are talking about in middle school and high school. It it's is also like their, the animated a cartoon version. show, right? That they're together mm-hmm. on the animated show. Yeah. And on the animated show, they're kissing, I think. And yeah. so kids are, well, I mean, we didn't have anybody kiss on it on a cartoon superhero show when we were kids. So I guess this is meant for teens. Uh, no, anyway. the Harley Quinn show is like, an, it's like a family guy. It's like purposefully raunchy and adult. It's not, it's not for kids. Mm. It's, it's not, not for, for kids. kids. Yet my no. kids are watching it. So I'm going to have to go kids, do some policing. I think your kids are of the age where they can watch. It's not, you know, like. Yes. In a bit like horrible so, or immoral or violent or anything. It's just, you know, it's wrong. I think that James Gunn is looking at this saying. I'm going to have to exert some power here. And if I am in charge, we're going to clean the slate. Starting from zero. Here's the plan. Everybody gets to interview for their new job. So basically, I don't think he's going to recast everybody. I think he's going to say everything's on the table. Here's the new plan based on what's the big uh, super team up movie in the DC universe. Well, Justice League. Well, there's Justice League, but wasn't there like their own version of like infinity or yeah oh i mean there's, the there's, a, there's a bunch of different ones that you go to usually it involves we we sort of teased in Zack snyder's justice league the character of dark side who's from yes. the planet apocalypse he's mm. your thanos so what you would normally be doing is you would be doing a 10 or 12 if you wanted to copy marvel you yeah. do a long franchise that leads into like some kind of apocalypse war storyline yes. There's a ton. There's there's a ton of DC team up stuff that that yes. deals with that. But a- any of those, and that's what Snyder was trying to do. He was teasing the yeah. anti life equation and dark side and all that, which was his so way I think of that's introducing. Where that. now things are screwed up because they told like they teased it, but they didn't kind of get there. So now what is you know James going to do? He's going to pick it up from where Zack Snyder left off, and that whole thing is like questionable. Or does he just start over? Mm-hmm. I think he starts over, but I do think he lets everybody. Uh, reapply for their role because mm. you're a hundred percent correct you're not going to find a better aquaman in all likelihood you're not going to no. find a better wonder woman you will find a better superman you will find a better batman perhaps I, and that sounds great I which movie. one which one i Our really liked the pattinson movie it's I not a conventional how batman good that movie was. but i dug right. it yeah yeah I so think anyway, that's my that's my full theory on the whole thing i think he's just going to come in exert power There's say a, here's yeah. the here's the story now everybody reinterviews. It's sort of like Netflix where they're like, hey, you know what? It's the end of the year. Reapply for your job. You know, it's that kind of level of power move. There's That's, a, I think, his power move. It's an old Hollywood thing that the, the idea being if you're the new guy brought in to run the studio. Yes. It doesn't make a lot of sense to hang on to the previous person's slate. Because if it, if it does well, it doesn't reflect well on you. It was like, oh, the person who used to have the job did a great ah. job. These are all good projects. But if it fails... Everybody's looking at you like, what are you doing? Why didn't you cancel you screwed that? up their vision. So God, okay. It's kind so of anyway. lose-lose. Whereas if you if you get rid of the Snyderverse and you do the Gunverse, mm-hmm. well, it lives or dies with you. If it's a success, you get, you are know, James Gunn looks like a genius. Are we out of actors for superhero slots is my next question. Yeah. Are we I mean, running out of A-list actors? Who hasn't played a role? Ryan Reynolds played two. Deadpool yeah, and Green Lantern. Well, they're actually, we DiCaprio. haven't gotten to this, but they're talking about having <laughs> Momoa play some totally different role, this Lobo, Lobo, Lobo. character. The, the, the discussion is that if, so if they're like, Momoa just soap no opera him, Aquaman. they'll just be like, he's here now. 
which could happen. And we've seen several actors have have actually done that where they've been one hero in one universe and then they've jumped over and become a and Ryan Reynolds, the obvious example. Of, right. You know, sure. Green Lantern. And then, yeah, exactly. Uh, like Deadpool. assuming and I don't think that they would. But assuming that any of these actors say no <laughs> after, you know, if Gunn like alienates them and they're like, no, I don't want to take, you know, on this multimillion dollar role, which I, I'm sure they would. But assuming that they say no, like, what do you do? Who is left? To, I mean, I guess you just go younger. You right? like, younger that, that woman from Wednesday is like yeah, Jenna Ortega, right? Jenna always, Ortega. Yeah, up, you bring her in as new War- Wonder Woman. Yeah, there's always new actors and up and coming people. And I mean, Stephanie Sue, the, the, the girl from Everything Everywhere All at Once, she's going to be in stuff now. And like, you know, there's there's a lot. There's always those projects that introduce new people everybody gets excited about so I, i'm not that worried about that timothy what about molly's idea of going young i think you just go younger you start out you start it over for a new generation like there is this mm. i mean gal gadot is not old none of these people are old but um but no. when you're when, you know when i hear j cal talk about what the middle school set is talking about like you could imagine them doing a younger poison ivy and harley quinn Movie. Robert Patterson's the younger Batman. Yeah. Right. Right. He's our Pat. I mean, I think, I think it really depends on the filmmaker and the project and like, who's the right person for the angle that you want to take. Cause I mean, like we would usually think, you know, bringing in a guy like Ben Affleck, he's probably too old at that point to be Batman, but that was the Batman story they were telling. He's the old broken down Batman who's right, gotten totally. cynical. And, you know, like, I think, I think you have to consider those things and I, I don't think you necessarily want an all crew of like, it's all Peter Parker's and everybody's 18. Yeah. I just, I do right. wonder, and then we should talk about the Max, the Max, mm-hmm. Max, well, Max, so Max, much Max, WB Max, stuff, Max yeah. story. Um, I do wonder from a business perspective, is this the play? Like, sure, Hollywood's about power. Everything's about power. And you got, you know, you come in, you're like, I'm new and I'm doing this and whatever. But is there enough evidence that these, that the current, the existing strategy was so bad that it needed to be thrown out wholesale or at least lit on fire and then maybe parts of it will get put out? Like Black Adam, I think, is an interesting example of. Is it being judged? Is is there still pandemic hangover in terms of mm. going to the movies? Like, I just wonder when they look at these metrics and say, oh, Black Adam has failed. It's like, well, why don't we do we now need to give movies six to eight months on streaming to determine their true success? I think it's a great point. And I think that what this is allowing people to do is play extremely fast and loose. Like whatever argument you're making, you can use the box office now to back it up because we don't know what average is anymore and we don't know what like james gunn's the suicide squad and black adam and wonder woman 2 these movies all performed comparably so if we're saying the suicide squad was good enough to get james gunn this part why wasn't wonder woman 2 good enough to get wonder woman 3 greenlit it just seems like you could kind of fudge the rules because nobody has a good sense of what a movie should make Having said that, we've got these crazy outliers like Top Gun Maverick makes all these other kinds of arguments kind of right. secondary because like, well, it can be done if you get people excited enough. They'll show up for Tom Cruise in a jet. Here's what needs to happen. Maybe we just don't want superhero movies anymore. <gasps> I mean, that is I've seen people making this case that like if you start to look at the box office post pandemic, it does look like maybe mm. the, the and I mean, we've certainly seen this. I don't know if you could say that about superheroes yet, but with family oriented animated movies you can't like 
they were a locked-in, mm-hmm. guaranteed thing five years ago. If you release yeah, a big over. animated movie that appeals to kids, it's going to do well in its first few weekends because parents are just desperate to do something with these kids. Yeah. Today, doesn't necessarily work. It's because Strange of the day World. and the date. There's too many animated films, well, and so World, you can Disney wait film. it out. There's not the need to go see right. Encanto in theaters. Yeah. We just waited. And that one, I think, was a day and date. That was a day and date, but like Strange World, the new sci-fi animated yeah, Disney we'll one is tanking we'll in theaters. Yeah. And right, people are waiting to catch it on Disney+. We Plus. can wait, but I do the like to take metric the crazy metric there is, you, you know that one, the menu, that Ray Fine movie, that like art, no. art house thriller that's out right yeah. now? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like Ray Fine is like a, a high-class chef and it's like this tasting menu, but then there's something dark and sinister going on. Oh, yes, that, I did see that. That movie has outgrossed Strange World so far. This Fox mm-hmm. Searchlight oh. weird grown-ups want to get the hell out of the house but parents realize movies have been a rip off this whole time i really so i mean i really think there's just yeah. going to be a big and it's yep. going to take us a while to figure out but the 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 mm. playing field has changed and a movie like black adam is what i like to call my exact favorite kind of movie where it has a terrible critic score yeah like i always look at the critic score and rotten tomato and the audience score and if the critic score is like sub 50 and the audience score is over 75 i know i'm gonna love that movie <laughs> I mean, it's pretty I bad, but taste it's, and it's I love fun it. But I'm not it's going to leave bad. the house for it. I'm going to stream it. So, like, I just think that there's a reshuffle happening. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these studio decisions are being made, I would argue, potentially on old data. Okay. And I mean, I think Black Adam is the kind of movie that would have benefited from people going to a theater who maybe didn't even know what they wanted to see. It was like, oh, it's Friday. Let's go see a movie. Oh, The Rock has that new one out. But if you're not is inclined to just go to a theater anymore. Right. Maybe you don't care that much. You'll wait and catch I it on like HBO Max. I like Molly's theory here. The 90s. In a budget-conscious, uh, recessionary environment, you're already paying for your streaming services. You haven't caught up. There's a glut. It's a supply-demand budgetary issue. You put s- too much supply, not enough demand, and then you layer on top of it a recession, and people are like, you know what? A hundred bucks to go to the movies zero do- order in a pizza for uh you know and uh take out a pint of haagen i'm in for 25 bucks for dinner mm-hmm. and i gotta go 150 bucks to go to the movies and dinner screw it i'm saving a buck 25 yeah looking and i'm not at, getting the flu like you know well, i'm just not yeah. about it anymore i'm like mm, not worth the exposure I, I still love taking my kids to it i literally look at the show times i work backwards from what's available because i love going wow. to cinema but i'm an old we're gonna, guy we're gonna get another fascinating case study in just a few weeks when disney okay. opens avatar 2 the way oh, of I'm water in. Yes, we are. In for showing not a, a review for streaming you gotta do imax 3d hey everybody it's time for a special interview with an old friend of mine rick robinson he is the gm of age tech collaborative which is brought to you by our friends at aarp which I think, Rick, correct me if I'm not, at 52 as of last week, am I able to be in AARP now? You are You are welcome to join. Oh, man, you and I got old. Yes. What happened? <laughs> this is amazing. You guys are really excited uh, about engaging the startup community in building technology for folks who are getting up there in age. Yeah, it's really exciting for us developing the Age Tech Collaborative to try to put a focus on what we call Age Tech. Mm. And you might be wondering, like, what is Age Tech? Well... Yeah. It's uh, it's the intersection of longevity and technology, really. These are health tech companies. These are fintech companies. These are wellness companies. Essentially, it's going to be almost every company because the market, 50 plus, is becoming so enormous 
that they can't be ignored. Mm. And then you've got a lot of people who are supporting that market who can yeah. be any age. It's kind of a white space because not a lot of product developers and marketers and startups and investors have put a lot of focus on this, but it's huge and it's growing. In fact, it's around eight and a half trillion dollars in terms of economic value in the US right now. All right, thanks, Rick. When you're selling into the 50 plus market, having a relationship with AARP gives you a bunch of credibility, of course. In the meantime, you can go learn more about the Age Tech Collaborative at agetechcollaborative.org slash twist. And join us later in the program and you hear more about the Age Tech Collaborative and how they help innovative startups succeed. I just want to wrap up superhero films with one single chart. And then if you could go down here to the numbers here, uh, mm -hmm. Avengers Endgame, Avengers Indy 4, Superman, sure. No Way Home, all in the $2 billion-ish club. Mm -hmm. Then we go down to the billion-dollar club, numbers 4 through 13. This tells the story. First three are obviously, you got $6 billion in the first three alone in Marvel product. Then you get Avengers, Ultron, Black Panther, Iron Man 3, Civil War, Aquaman, Spider-Man Far From Home, Captain Marvel, and then in number 12, mm -hmm. and number 13, in the, wrapping up the Billion Dollar Club, we'll even go to number 14, since it's essentially we'll round up, and number 15 are all kind of Billion Dollar Club. DC shows up, Dark Knight Rises, Joker, The Dark Knight. What that shows is Batman is the franchise, and a dark Batman wins. Mm -hmm. Full stop, mm -hmm. the end. I'm just going by performance. Zaslav is looking at this chart. Zaslav is looking at this chart and saying, where are we? Then we go to 15, Doctor Strange, then Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and then finally, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor. There's your top 20, and 22, yeah. Wonder Woman. So, you know, you, you start looking at the top, the only one that isn't a Batman film for DC in the top 25, I kid you not, is Wonder Woman Aquaman, with 800. Aqu Aquaman, Aquaman is nine. Yeah. Aquaman's nine. So yeah. congratulations. Aquaman, Wonder Woman breaking in, but it's a, it's a Batman world. They got to nail these characters. And so, an Aquaman world though. That still sure. came in higher. I'm yeah. I'm not, I'm standing up for my boy Momoa. So you have to keep him. That's you my point. You have to keep him. You have to keep him. You got to keep a great Batman. I, I feel like you're leaving a lot of money on the table if you don't keep making films with the characters one. that have proven to be breakout success characters that have captured the public's yes. imagination. And 27 Momoa, is the Batman. Godot. So what this argues for is and Robert Gala Patterson, is Wonder, Woman, Wonder Woman, and Momoa being Justice League. Am I correct or not? Can you pull you that Gal. You need Wonder Woman. Like, she is Wonder Woman. Can you put Robert Patterson on either side of Gal Gadot and Momoa? Yes well, or no, you, you did, you'd have a lot of explaining to do there because their Batman was Ben Affleck. And so if you don't get Ben Affleck back, you've got to explain why is there this other Batman? Now, DC had a plan. The plan was Michael Keaton. That was the old plan. Remember, they were putting Michael Keaton in the Flash oh, yeah. movie and they were putting Michael Keaton in that Batgirl movie that's not happening anymore. And then the plan was they were going to explain he came through a rip in the multiverse. Here's this other universe's Batman. And now we've got a Batman again. But that's off. That that looks like even if Keaton shows up in Flash at all, it'll just be a one-off cameo. They're not permanently bringing him back. So we got to go so, with the 40-year-old version of this. The, the Gal Gadot. Well, you, could, you could introduce a new guy as Batman. You would just have to explain it. What would the explanation be? He's taken over as Batman? 
I would say if it were again, if you came to me Let's and go. you were like, this is it. Harris, this is why well, you should be in charge. Why here, man. I would say you set up Terry McGinnis, a.k.a. Batman Beyond from the animated series in the comics and say Bruce Wayne was training a protege we just hadn't met who's ready to take over as the new younger version of Batman. So you kill Affleck and you have him come in. Or retire. You can even have Affleck retire off screen, have him do a vocal cameo if he's That's willing it. or something. It's such a simple, easy solution. What and are the now Terry gonna McGinnis, do? he's young Batman and he's just starting out and boom, there you go. All right. Now we have to go to A.O. Scott. What do you think of it, Molly? You like this plan? Uh, Robert yeah. Patterson squeaks in. It's a high risk just, maneuver. He's got such a specific, his own Gotham in his own world. I feel like it's, yeah. it's weird. I think it would be it's, hard it's, to bring him into that world, especially because you've all, already set up to a little like love, a little sexual tension with him and Wonder Woman, yeah. Affleck, Batman and Wonder Woman. And like, also that would be. Matt yeah, that Reeves never is just for me. Isn't Wonder Woman, it. in fact, a lesbian as well? I mean, can we just give her that or no? I mean, are, I mean are there you is that nice the, scene with Chris Pine where she talks about how unnecessary men are. There, there is a. It's it's been a. It's been played a lot of different ways throughout the history been, of yeah, the, exactly. the comics. Because she did have I a love like interest in the old comics, Steve Trevor. But I mean, it's true. Steve Trevor's sort of, a beard. I think he was there always is also covered. this idea that well, there are, it's an island that's only populated by women. So do they not have yeah. relationships at all on Themyscira or? If they do, they're yeah. women having relationships with women. I mean, of course, she's going to try out the hot new thing. She's never seen a man before. You're gonna, right, you're gonna, there's you're a gonna take that history. pony out. There's a, there's a movie called Professor Marston <laughs> and the, and the Wonder <laughs> Women or something like that. That's about the creator of Wonder Woman and all these ideas. <laughs> you started it. Sure, I did open the door. All right, I want to open right, and shut this on. door real quick. Blush. Mm -hmm. A O Scott, I at some point got into it with the film critics at the at the New York Times where I was mm -hmm. like, is this a list of the best international films of the 20th cent 21st century or the best films? And they went off on me as being, and I got blocked by like 10 film critics and they were like, you are a, you know, like it was like a whole, like, like you heathen, I, but I, what are we? <laughs> I don't want to get into like a woke thing or this like a wild. Xenophobic thing or whatever. Score. Everybody else can shut up here. But I was like, why does the New York Scott's Times hate the movies that Americans love? A.O. Scott's job is not to tell you you're the smartest boy who likes all the best movies and make you feel good about yourself. His job is to teach you about movies, especially ones you haven't heard about. There are plenty this of the job of the New York Times film critic. What's the this job is of exactly to, to like, what? me? That What's my the job taste of a is, film critic? It's yeah, to, have you been following the, the to controversy? It's and inform you about what's going on in international film. You're not an expert. Yeah. Or, you're, not, you're not spending all day watching international movies and learning about what's going on in the international film scene. That's why journalism exists. That's why you would hire a New York Times chief film critic who's been doing this for decades. And that's his job. He... Like okay, anybody Molly, could watch Black Adam and be like, I thought it was good. That, exactly. uh, that's my job. M Molly... Please, my your op opinion. I know this that my list. taste is absolute trash, and that's why I look at audience score over critic score. This is just like the I was. There's been this like same controversy over the Pitchfork best songs of or best albums of 2022 list because everybody's like, what is this? And it's all just and the whatever. It, I agree. It is their job to go and be the boots on the ground for all of the stuff that we're not going to go see, but it doesn't have to be. There's Why popular an expert to spend their whole lives watching movies and analyzing okay. movies and then not listen to them when they're like, these are great movies you Let might not have heard of. Let me explain why the two of you are wrong. No, we're not. 
You it unexpected populist, you. I'm not trying to be populist. <laughs> I am trying to find a middle ground. Hey, everybody. It's time for a special interview with an old friend of mine, Rick Robinson. He is the GM of Age Tech Collaborative which is brought to you by our friends at AARP. So how does the collaborative work? How do you help companies and investors kind of access these companies and these markets? So essentially what we do is we look for companies, we incubate them, we invest in them, and then we bring them into this new environment we call the HTech Collaborative Community. So yes, we have pitch competitions that we run throughout the year themed and some of them are open mic style mm. and it's a way for us to source and find great early stage companies usually pre-series a mm. and we invite some of them into our accelerator program which is extremely high touch eight weeks four times a year where we bring in aging experts we help get them best prepared to deliver their product or service to the market and as i mentioned we often invest in these companies and then they graduate into the HTEC Collaborative community, which is an online platform that makes up an ecosystem that we're developing that includes, of course, the startups, investors, testbed organizations, enterprises, and business services, all in this one online environment mm. where they can support and draw from one another. Great. So there's an online community people can go yep. visit. They can go visit that at agetechcollaborative.org slash twist, agetechcollaborative.org slash twist. And so if you want to build in that market, if you want to sell into that market, if you want to invest in that market, this is a great way for you to partner with AARP, correct? Absolutely. Yep. A.O. Scott nope. is... This is the middle trolling ground. Americans. Yeah. This is a pure a troll. On there. <laughs> and After Sun and Tar and Flux Gourmet. These are not these are not impossible to find movies. These are like okay. Tar is rentable on if VOD ask, right now. It's uh, on Amazon. I, Flux Gourmet on. is on Shutter. Okay. All the bleeding me... bloodshed just isn't out yet. It comes out in a few weeks. After Sun is an A twenty four movie. It's been playing in theaters. These are not really that obscure. Hold on. A twenty four is like the studio digital. Molly. Molly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, no, no, I'm not going to watch any of these. No. Okay. No, no. I'm I not going to even go there. And I will not. <laughs> I'm just, the, the audience needs to hear this list. If you're listening to my voice right now and you watched movies in 2022, you're the person I'm asking this question to. What did you think of A.O. Scott's number one choice note by Jordan Peele? Okay. You didn't see it. You didn't see I it. Correct, it. Molly? Oh, well, I'm number a chicken, two. but tons of people okay. saw it. Okay. Number two, Neptune Far, Frost. Frost. It's a, it's an indie sci-fi post-apocalyptic movie about Can't a collective it. it's about a collective of hackers who are like trying to take over the predominant like subtitles? ruling class no it's an american film and Saul okay, Williams is actually, like a musician this is number like a three mr bachman and his class i'm ready i don't this know that i'm gonna watch that, i think it's Frost. german maria speth i believe it's a you german don't even film. know it okay and you, you're in this cool, business but i'm excited to find out about a movie i don't know After, that's great okay I so if this it. was the let me just continue. After Sun by Charlotte Wells. What is this? This is film? an indie <laughs> drama from the UK. A24 release. It's in theaters now. Paul Mescal was in that Hulu series, Normal People. He stars in no it. It's about a father and daughter on a vacation together. Sorry, A24 I fell asleep when is... you said on vacation. No bears. All the kids are into A24, that studio. I don't, I I don't know that. no bears either. Okay, that... all right. I rest my case. Two of the top five you don't even know. But, Number but six, why? Tar. I know but, about Tar. Tar this is brilliant. got that famous Kate actress in it. It's one of the best performances of the year. Okay, so I, this is like a whiplash. Is this 10. Whiplash 2.0? No, it's a. I'll tell you, you might like it because it does. It deals with like cancel culture. Wokeness. I saw the clip. There's a uh, stunning Kate, clip from Kate, this where she tells a person who doesn't want to play Bach because he's a right. white musician 
And he's like, I don't want to play music by oppressive people. And she's just like, it's it's just the best. The, the, it's, ever a, written. it's a fascinating Tony- character study. Uh Kate Blanchett uh-huh. plays one of the world's most acclaimed composers and conductors. Okay. And it's about her you saw it. starting off at this position of extreme prominence and how her, her prestige begins to slip. Did she you see canceled. it? I saw it. It's brilliant. It's really brilliant. Okay, it's great. on VOD right now. Recommend. Can't wait to see it. Lost Illusions. I don't know that one. I, and I don't okay, even know. I've never even know. heard of Xavier Flux Gianoli. Flux Gourmet. Flux Gourmet is amazing. It's on Shutter right now. It's this guy, Peter Strickland. He also did a movie that I urge you all to check out called Barbarian Sound Studio. Okay. Uh, he makes indie, weird, unconventional horror and Cronenberg films. S- sounds what, like Cronenberg. Like David Cronenberg. Bit. A little bit. Okay. Uh, definitely what is Flux Gourmet? Artsy horror. Flux Gourmet is about a group of people that make soundscapes with food. And it's like they're an experimental collective that works with, does like weird art projects with food. But then it becomes like a horror movie. I don't want to. Yeah, okay, don't, the, don't. Yeah. It's it's very well, interesting. Well, it's on Shutter right now. Highly recommended. So he, he put a, a horror one. film in there or two. That's interesting. All yeah. the beauty he also did and a the great one called In Fabric. Peter Strickland, same director. That's about a dress that murders the women who wear it. He, he makes horror interesting. Having a little films. comeback here with the A twenty four. What is mm-hmm. All the Beauty and the Bloodshed? Number nine. Uh, you remember Laura Pontras? She did that. What Citizen Zero? That that mm-hmm. film? Whatever the film was about. Glenn Greenwald and uh huh. Yeah, sure. Poitras. Poitras. She was Point, like yeah. part. Voice she was it. part of the big uh, reveal. She was part of the big uh, the papers, the 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 Snowden story. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. Right? Wasn't she was one of the producers. The Snowden. This is her new documentary. Yeah. She oh, was okay. one of the producers of the whole like Snowden release. I like a good doc. And it's about mm-hmm. uh, this one's about the Sackler family. It's about like the Ooh. the the owners of uh, Purdue Pharma and Oxycontin. their relationship with the artist Nan Golden. I hear it's great. It's not out. It's out in like two weeks, but I'm I'm okay. hoping. And to then see finally, it. number ten. Aveo Scott's top 10 films of 2022, Down with the King. Diego yeah, on Down with Bar. the King is, uh, I've heard of this one too. And this is like, it's like an indie, it's not even a foreign film, I don't think. It's like an indie drama about a rapper. And it's got, uh, you know, Freddie Gibbs. He's like a like a sort of an indie rap uh, artist, like a, a very well-regarded uh, sort of old school rapper. He's like the star of it. Yeah, okay. So now, if the title of this was The Best Movies, you probably didn't see of 2022. But no. these are A.O. That's fine. Gonna, Hold on. I'm let me make my point, please. <laughs> I'm with Lon. You have made your point with I this entire not. segment. I, I, you are going to agree with me in 30 seconds. No. This should not be the best movies of 2022 because it does not represent what actually are the best films of 2022. There is one spectacular film oh that made people go to the movie theaters. By the greatest movie, perhaps the greatest movie star of our generation. Maverick. How (laughs) do you put After Sun, No Bears, Lost Illusions, and whatever this documentary is above the single cinematic experience of 2022? I there's no Maverick. Would it kill A.O. Scott to put? It's certainly one of the top five films of the year. Well, we're at, yeah, any, like, there's no, there's no list that doesn't top include five it. Films of the year. There's not. It doesn't exist. It, it, whatever you thought were your five favorite movies of the year, 
Those are your top five best films. The, the idea that we could somehow Mon. take our opinion out and, and just Mon. look at the filmmaking. Here's the thing. People think they can do that. They're like, oh, but just look at the filmmaking, just the quality of the performance. It's like, you don't know how to evaluate that stuff. You're, you're just watching it. Like, the idea that you can watch a movie and objectively pick apart the skill and the craft with which it was made, everybody's deluded. They're full. Critics can't even do that. We're all just saying the things we like the best. Right. I'm, I'm so irritated right now because on the you, one hand, I do count on a critic to find me art that I don't know is art that I'm probably not going to watch because I am trash. But art <laughs> is really important and I am happy to see something other than a tentpole freaking superhero movie get recognized. And also Maverick got great critic scores. Like it would not kill the, I, that. I'm talking to me, about this critic. Both Things are At true. The New York Times. Where A.O. Scott's very, I think, specifically excluded this particular, like he this movie could have been in that top 10 to list. Tweak and he excluded us. it because he's, he's com- trolling us. Completely. His list is garbage. No, it's mean, not true. I tried a lot of outside the box. It's my top 10 list, too. Mad God, After Yang, Saloon. Those aren't me. Wait, wait, you have a top 10 list? Give me the yeah, top you three. I, I haven't seen everything yet, but I have a top. I keep a running list all year of my favorite Just stuff. Just give me your top three that you love. That yeah. you would tell me and Molly and a, and a normal human on planet Earth, you're going to love it. You're, about to, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna get mad at me, but I'm gonna go. Number one, Mad God. That's Phil Tippett's stop motion animated epic that's on Shutter right now. Phil Tippett did special effects for Star Wars, Jurassic Park. He's a legend in the All right, animation. It's a wild card. I give you the wild the, card. And the visual effects industry. He made a stop motion animated film that's a, like a, it, it's wild. It's a, a character exploring like a nightmare, hellish world where all these monsters are like trapped doing manual labor. It's incredible. Number two, this one's on Showtime, a, a filmmaker named Corey Ida. It's called After Yang, and it's with Colin Farrell. It was out like March, April this year. It's mm-hmm. a sort of near future sci-fi drama. I heard of uh, this. Families in the future can get robots, lifelike robots, to like live with them. So this, it's about this couple. They adopt a child from China, and then they bring in a a older like a boy Chinese robot to be like the older brother of their new daughter to give her someone who feels like she has a connection to, to grow up with. And then the, the robot malfunctions. And it's about how the family deals with this loss. That's like, it is a loss, but it's not a human loss. And it's a really fascinating movie. And then the After third Yang one is your number two. After, After Yang, Yang okay. number two. And then the third one, I think I've talked about this before. It's with Rebecca Hall also on shutter right now. It's called resurrection, Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth. Incredible thriller. Rebecca Hall is this very successful single mom, very like put together. Everything in her life is worked out. And then she sees Tim Roth in public and just seeing him brings back something from her past and starts to like unravel her entire life. And so we slowly start to unpeel like what's the nature of their relationship and why is she so unnerved by Mm. seeing him? Rebecca Hall is I'd, I'd like I've rarely seen a performance like this in a film. She's unbelievable in this movie. Okay. I like her. I didn't know that that was that lady's name. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question, before I kick you off the show? (laughs) Is Top Gun in your top 10? It is. It's my number 10. So the the rest of the top 10 is Nope, Tar, Saloon, Moon Age Daydream, Crimes of the Future, Jackass Forever at number nine, and then Top Gun Maverick. Okay, so this is perfect. You don't have to be A.O. Scott. That's a perfect list. You need to. I'm giving you a third job. Fourth job. This is your fourth job I'm giving you. Oh, my God. Number three, jo- you need to replace A.O. Scott. 
because you made a list that's intriguing with wild cards with things that and honest are stunning in terms of performance screenplay or uniqueness but you also recognize that you could have a tub of popcorn and see jackass you could see uh maverick or you could see an animated film a, a stop motion film and have great joy in the cinematic experience once again lon you are the best film oh, and pop culture critic on the planet a.o scott is garbage the oh list is garbage man, he's purposely trolling everybody <laughs> and i'm i am disgusted once again with the new york times first andrew Ross sorkin with that terrible interview and now this jokester well and nobody not go even to putting maverick times. on the list nobody go to the new york times today because you'd be crossing a digital picket exactly. line anyway so thursday yeah uh, i'm going to allow this once yesterday uh, the new york times, times on strike today strike yeah, on, on thursday on this is for friday oh, oh right yeah it was yesterday sorry right. folks. perfect here's what happens anybody on strike guess what we're doing a riff you're on the list let's go is that legal is that no, legal Peter, can you riff really the not. people who go on no. strike you can, i'm pretty no. sure you can't no. do that i feel like the labor board no. is gonna God, have an issue labor laws kind of a God, large labor, labor violation yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> don't do a labor so violation pesky. but you do need to do a riff new york times so for the maniacs who went on strike <laughs> begging for more from the new york times you're in a recession. No. Wake up, people. No. You're lucky no. to have your job. No. Go to the no. office. Get there early. No. Stay late. Uh, no. 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 Big <laughs> riff coming. I no. get, anybody want to make a bet that New York Times lays people off in the next six months? Who wants to take the bet? I mean, I don't want to take a bet on that. No. <laughs> You're betting on people's lives. Let's yeah. like to bet Kanye West has a suicide attempt. Riffs are oh. human. In the next year. Yeah, no? exactly. Just like keep it coming there. Literally, that was one of my group chats. Laying keep it coming there, Kanye Joker. West. Oh, suicide man. yes it's pretty terrible yeah. um not the not, fact a, not that, a well like, man new york man. times reports, i know we're just like i know all right i think max is a good name i'm fine with the name max it seems weird <laughs> to me because hbo is the brand max I is know. not a max is not a recognizable brand max well, it's is just a, a word because it's, it's just a like freaking hulu. word like hulu Pro ipad max. max equals hulu that's it it, what's it really sad about this is the idea that they want to deprecate the HBO brand. Like no, HBO, they deprecating it, do they? They don't want well, to dilute the HBO brand, is what they're saying, because they're basically this yes, is going to be they're mm, taking all the Discovery yeah. channels and jamming mm -hmm. them in here, and so they don't want it to be like Food Network and HBO are identical brands now. Mm. But I still think they're I think they're wrong. Like I don't yeah. I don't agree with this strategy. I don't think Max means anything to people. I think Nothing. Warner Brothers means something to people. I think HBO means something to people. I don't think Max means anything to people. All right. Do you I, remember that Simpsons where Homer renames himself Max Power? Max Power. He's That's what, man I, with the name Max that you want man. to touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm well, gonna I'm rename myself. Yeah. This Max, is basically that. Max Power. Let me let me just give them some cover here. This is a 60-40 decision. It's, it's not an easy decision to make. Because HBO, when you hear that music, and remember the old thing? You know, whatever yeah. that sound is. So there's those two. There's the where you get the Sopranos. Yeah, the static one, yeah. The static one. Then there's the da-da-da-da-da from the 80s and 90s where they fly over and then you watch a movie. It's awesome. Which, to be fair, it means nothing to anyone because we're old as hell. Yeah, well, sorry, no, 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 no. It's still I iconic. I think it's still iconic because of euphoria. HBO, mm -hmm. every goddamn show on that network is worth watching. I can't, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a show on there that I said garbage. I haven't said that. 
no, industry. I mean, John from Cincinnati, but you got to go back a little way. Don't even remember it. <laughs> They've had a few one-offs. I'm just saying of late. Is White yeah. Lotus theirs? Yeah, White Lotus is theirs. Industry it's amazing. Is industry theirs? Industry is HBO. Is Euphoria theirs? Euphoria, Hacks. Hacks, Love. Game of Thrones, for me. obviously. I mean, House, of the, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. All right, listen. HBO Max means crafted, beautiful product, thoughtful, worthy of your time, worthy of discussion. That's what it means. That's mm -hmm. not what Discovery means in their collection of like home improvement. Yeah. And so if you really believe long term that HBO stands for something, then you don't want to name it HBO. But what a nice little thing that they did this HBO Max mess. Because now they can say, you know what, Max is, like Hulu, it's a collection of brands. It's, yeah, a, right. it's a logical decision in my mind. It's the best of the, it's the best of bad decisions you can make. All right, I'm sold. Yeah. I'm also, I don't buy, I don't buy anything that, else you've said today, but that one. <laughs> <laughs> to build off of that, they're also saying it's going to visually be like Disney Plus. You know how Disney Plus has the hubs across the top? So yeah, that when smart. you first arrive, you go, exactly. that's what that's what they're going to do as well. So it'd be like, Perfect. do you want HBO shows? Do you want Warner Brothers films? Do you want DC? Do you want Discovery reality shows? Consumers Network, will understand you know. this. Consumers are going to understand it. Smart. So Molly, to be clear. Sold. Right, um, exactly like that top based, row of, hubs, yeah, exactly. of brands. Yep. I apologize for based J. Cal on Fridays, uh. <laughs> but I'm going into a very based weekend. Number one, if you're striking in a recession... You're probably going to get laid off. Number two, if you give me a woke trolling and you don't include Maverick on the list, I'm going to be based. And Why do you think it's woke? Just don't even. Just stop. Anyway, please. I'm sorry. Please. I didn't, feels I didn't trolling, mean to. Okay. Not woke, but trolling. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to use a trigger effete. word. The word you're looking for is effete. It's, I it's don't elitist. Speak French. It's, I mean, I took two years of French. I don't speak it. It's he just, you know, he, he goes to every film festival. He sees every big art house film. Like he's supposed to have those kinds of opinions and those expert takes. It's there true. There are plenty of and people who write for the thousand, local paper yes. who's going to go see, you know, whatever the big movies are this weekend. And they'll tell you what they liked. It's two could different even just jobs. Be educated. It could even just be an educated list. I don't know what it we are not what is because we have not seen. Does that mean like dainty or it means like precious? Yeah. Precious. Yeah. yeah. I'm not looking for I'm, I'm looking for accuracy between the title and the product. The best films of 2022 <laughs> Those should are his not fave picks for the best films. All right, the most it should popular say, films would be a different list. It should say a feat is characterized by extreme top refinement. Yes. Okay. Or self indulgence. A a feat person's best films of 2022. <laughs> Well, having a reflecting what you're supposed to do you're supposed to find the critics whose opinions mirror your own or at least you find their takes interesting and then you read them so maybe you and ao scott are just not aligned maybe you're more of a manola dargis guy a pretentious the, the the 22 most the 22 best most pretentious films of 2022 <laughs> oh my god <laughs> most pretentious they're not pretentious. pretentious come on he put three films on there you don't know lad it's a bit pretentious. Is it a little bit pretentious? I don't. I don't go to a single film festival in a year. Like I'm. I'm okay. getting my I'm feet the go. same way everyone else is. I'm so tilted right now. I gotta let it go. <laughs> I gotta let it go. But I'm, I'm tilted about this. Hundred percent wrong. Like neither of you is hundred percent right or wrong. How about that? I'm just Thanks, gonna sit right here in the middle and go <laughs> like there's there is an effetness about this list. And also, if I had seen. 15, you know, a thousand movies yeah, this year at every film festival. It's possible Maverick might get crowded out. Like, I don't yeah. know. 
All right, here's I mean, what I have one do. that's high on my list too called Soft and Quiet that nobody's heard of. I just caught it on VOD and it's amazing. It's out. It's is, on VOD right now. Is this an NC seventeen? Like, oh no, it's looking it up again. It's a it's it's shot. It's all done in real time. Like it's all it's all shot single take Wait, real soft time. And what soft and quiet? And it's about it's a group of women and they're having this meeting. This like mm-hmm. we're like minded citizens. Like a get to know you. Okay, we're going to start this club, and you only realize slowly over the course of the meeting that they are white supremacists. And it is a they're starting a Nazi club oh. meeting. And then things, it, it becomes a thrill. Blumhouse uh, produced, it becomes a thriller. Um, it's sort of, things spiral very much so out like of hand. So like mystery but ho- horror thriller. It's like a genre. thriller. Like they, yeah. things I like happen. A good thriller. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a crime thriller that stuff starts to happen and the, t- the tension builds and eventually mm. there a violent incident happens and it's just how these women react to it, fresh. but in real time, you know. 88% mm. fresh, but Molly, audience score? 58. So this could be a little bit well, of a critic it favorite. Is a, it's one of those movies that it's like you're all the characters are horrible. They're they're white Awful. supremacists. Right. So right. you're being sucked into their world and their mm-hmm. mindset. They're Nazis with casseroles. And it's it's very clever and smart and thoughtful, but it it's not like an easy, fun watch. So I could see why the audience score yeah. might be like, this I mean, was a lot to my take. My reviews on. site, and I think I'm at one point did own this domain, although I may have let it go, is bad but awesome.com. Like, I know the movies I like are bad. I know, but they are awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But anyway, that's like, to me, that's so much of the value of a critic is like, I read a review and that's how I heard of Soft and Quiet. And then I rented it on VOD and then I watched it. I was like, this is amazing. So if I can pass that on to another person. Okay. Why wouldn't I, I, instead of being like, you were right, Tom Cruise is the title. If you you put sleepers or ones you may not have heard of, I'm all for it. So Soft and Quiet. What was the uh, sci-fi one you liked and the sci-fi one on A.O. Scott's list? Because that's oh, in our Neptune's, world. Neptune's Frost is the, it's one of the years, uh, like if you read a lot of like critics lists, Neptune's Frost was like a big breakout right. earlier you this year. You haven't seen it, Molly? I'm going to watch that. That looks I'm good. I'm going to watch no, it. But I, put, I, I wrote it down. Ooh, that I'm... one is on, I think you can rent it for like two or three bucks now. It's on Amazon and Apple. So what right. was your other, you had another uh, sci-fi one that you really uh, liked? Well, the, I loved Mad God. That's the stop motion one. Uh, uh-huh. I, I really like After Yang. That's probably the one you're thinking of. That's After on Showtime. You can also rent that one, but that's streaming right now on Showtime. Yeah. Which is put Colin Farrell. It's great. And it's it's not it's not like an art film. It's it's a drama. It's just a, it's a sci-fi movie. No, it's like, like he's like, trying uh... to get his robot fixed and nobody can fix it. And people are like, oh, we'll just get another one if you want one. But it's like, but it's, you know, it's become a member of the family. All right, two watch movies and films. I just started my list on a little Notion page. Uh, anything else we have for Lon here that we need to discuss? Because I think we got through Disney. We got through Max. We got through yeah. A.O. Yeah, Scott I mean, list. The other HBO Max thing is they had said before they were going to, like, Discovery's going to take over the reality show game and HBO's not going to really produce as many in-house. And we're, we're this week we're starting to see that. They canceled almost all the... Uh, unscripted HBO Max original. So Sweet Life <laughs> and Legendary and like those the F Boy Island, those shows are all going away. All the reality shows will be produced sense. by Zazlab's old team at Discovery now. Got it. Makes sense. That's the other big change this week. The uh, other thing I wanted to ask you about was this TikTok doing TikTok. I'm sorry, Amazon launched Amazon. a TikTok review product. It's like being a social shared shopping on product. Twitter. The oh, shopping well. product. So inside the Amazon app, right. and I don't have it, but some other people have it. And I thought this is an interesting thing to bring up because I, I want to just, as we do this week in streaming every week, Molly, 
I just think talking about the impact of TikTok because I was watching Reed Hastings uh, was interviewed recently and he kept talking mm -hmm. about two things games he brought it up five six seven times and then he kept talking about TikTok mm -hmm. and here's Amazon saying you know what we're we are competing in some ways against TikTok for you know people's attention Netflix is seeing this as something with attention and by the way Molly we have to cover this on the news program there's two lawsuits out now against TikTok that have just broken in the last, I think, 24 or 48 hours over programming our kids and the influence oh, it's having mm -hmm. yep. and the addictive nature of it. So I just yep. want to put TikTok on our This Week in Streaming plate in terms of mm -hmm. its draw. But what do you think about commerce plus TikTok plus this Amazon thing? This makes Mon me think Molly. of, did you remember those trend stories about how young people use TikTok for search now? That, what? Yeah. yeah that the, 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 like TikTok has started replacing Google for like teens Ooh. because they'll just go search for whatever they're looking for. You know, if you were going to look up how do I make, uh, you know, uh, like a recipe or a location or whatever you would be looking up in Google, you could put it into TikTok and it'll just bring up videos about that topic. And then they're so used to swiping through videos until they find what they like. That's become the search mechanism, mm. whereas us old folks are still tied to more conventional search engines. There's a great example. So to me, this feels like Amazon saw all of these trend stories. It was like, maybe this is how young people would like to shop now as well, instead of mm. going to amazon.com and typing in pants and then scrolling down pages until you find the pair of pants you like. Maybe they want to mm. put pants into TikTok and then swipe until they see a video of someone wearing pants they admire. Huh, stunning. Mm -hmm. And then it. Amazon looks at that and goes, crap. We need to get in that game. Hence this new product. Yeah. I mean, I, to like, me, that's exactly what it is. If people yeah. under 20 are used to doing this as their search engine now and their discovery, this is how they well, discover new products. Google saw this coming with YouTube. Google mm -hmm. bought YouTube, in fact, because they started to see the percentage of searches, not on search engines, but on the web in general, start to happen there. And then Amazon did this before. Amazon. A lot of people, when they do product search, just go directly to Amazon to search for products. Obviously, I certainly do. It's a better experience. And then Google launched Google Shopping and has been trying to monetize that and sort of compete against it. And of course, Amazon launched A9, their failed search engine, then shut it down. So mm -hmm. you did have this little like sort of the battle for the search box. And mm -hmm. obviously, now you have, in yeah. addition to that, you have um, Apple selling off their search box for web search to google and making billions mm -hmm. but they also are now they did you notice in the new version of ios when you go to your home screen on the bottom what do you see oh yeah you can search there's a search bar search. there now mm -hmm. there's a search I, bar I got that on too. the home screen mm -hmm. so the battle for the search box continues folks something to to keep in mind and molly what do you think of this concept yeah i'm surprised that social shopping has taken as long as it has like it's been a really interesting like slow moving there's so many times there's so many times when amazon could have done this there are like individual brands that have tried to do a little bit of video i think that amazon is going to have a problem making this uh consistent across the site like it's really cool but right now it's it's I don't know how you pull this off with all of the third party sellers that you have on Amazon. So you're going to have mm -hmm. an inconsistent shopping product. I think that there are, mm. I, I don't get me wrong. I think this kind of social shopping thing is huge, right? Oh, I want video. to, 
Yeah. See the video. Yeah. Here's some great video of this happening. Pick your categories. Okay, but I think like things I love. This is Pinterest already. This right. is TikTok already. Like, and unless Amazon can really nail this on every single product on Amazon, it's going to be a weird and consistent thing. But also, it's the future of shopping, right? It's like a take my money. Yeah. When they're I see also, one of these videos, they're also trying to do this right now on Twitch. Same kind of idea. They're trying to how can we mm. put our e-commerce tools directly on Twitch so that right. if I have a Twitch channel and I'm like. Oh my God, you guys, I just got the best new gaming headphones or you have to get this, whatever. How can I integrate that into the same page so that people don't mm. need to leave their Twitch channel to buy the product? And then maybe even the creator gets a 5% Which is huge in China. Something. Like yeah. that specific live streaming social shopping is huge in China. There was a whole documentary about it. I interviewed mm. the director like two or three years ago. Massive deal. I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, it, you it's know, a big... here's the thing. Amazon knows what I've bought, my history and what I've searched for. So mm -hmm. they're going to just be like, here's anchors, TikToks, you know, their, or their stories. Yeah. And if I swipe through a bunch of anchor products, I'm going to be buying six a day. I mean, anything anchor comes up with in terms of charging and cables. I don't know why I have a fetish for anchor. You know what I'm talking about, Juan? Anchor? No, I don't. And pull up the anchor store. This is where mm -hmm. the producers pull up the anchor store on Amazon. I mean, anchor is. The best I mean, cables, so the best charging stations, the best battery oh, okay. packs. Like yeah. accessories. While you're pulling that up, it is genuinely terrifying. The idea that I would open Amazon as a content experience and get a whole bunch of videos mm -hmm. and I could buy from each one of those videos. Like right now, those BuzzFeed, like, have you ever done the BuzzFeed? Here's all the anchor stuff. Look how good. Look at right, that Nano 3. Yeah. If you click on that Nano 3, they have a triple charger that does two USB-Cs and one regular traditional US, they have these like little tiny. This is a plugs. this is such a weird uh, sub subculture to get into. Power it really cords. is. Mm -hmm. Well, it's also the power bricks. It's also the battery packs. <laughs> I have the MagSafe power backs. I mean, I just it's feel the, like most people charging. don't put see this much there? thought into recharging. That nano, oh, okay. see that little nano there, Lon. Mm -hmm. You know how you carry your your laptop brick. This sure. thing fits in the palm of your hand. 60, 90, 120 watts high speed charging you go travel around yeah. the world i do like a foldable plug is good because they they, they 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 come with those really cumbersome big white boxy no, ones anymore. that are not hard anymore. to move around yeah also I when i travel that, I actually, with I'm three daughters and the wife i have like a multi-charging system that has five or six different plugs i can put in two usb three regular then i take this octopus i and it's got like a six foot cable i'm in the hotel room i get behind the couch i plug it in <laughs> i throw it over the couch i got five cables, three iPads, somebody's watch, this thing, that thing, everything's getting charged at once. And I am super dad. It's dad's job to make sure the devices are charged. And yeah. I take I mean, this that's work true. seriously. That's yeah. good. Is this serious hard dad work? Well, you wouldn't understand. I wouldn't know. Yeah. You wouldn't my understand. Dad was too, it was too early. There was none of this in the 90s. Right. This is amazing. <laughs> Lon, you're, you're a gift to humanity. If you were to kind. say, during this holiday season, Mm. Here's three holiday films. Oh, holiday films. Home Alone. Okay. You know, it's not like Elf. You know those two. But here are three holiday films. Films that, wow. okay. you know, anybody getting in the Christmas spirit, you know, the night before Christmas or the day before, maybe it's Christmas afternoon. There's nothing to sure. do. It's raining outside. The kids sure, want to sure. get in the spirit. You want to laugh. Right. You want to be touched. What What are we going to watch? What? Uh, what what should come up, Molly? I give I give this question to you too. Favorite holiday films to watch? Just a couple I know, of like 
What? Uh, well, I watch, you know what I watch every year? It's so terrible and I love it. I'm not a rom-com person to throw out everything I've ever said about my action movie fetish and my military fetish and whatever, but I love the holiday, the like the oh, home Jack exchange and, with yeah. Jack Black and mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. I don't even Jude know this Law. one and I'm a rom-com guy. Oh uh-huh. my God. Oh, really? <gasps> I'm so jealous Never that you get to it. watch the holiday for the first time. It's I watch like it. Katie Myers, you know, one of those classic, mm. uh, it's like a throwback. You'd probably like it. Like it's a, a total it's like an throwback. Old school it's a studio rom com. Great. I Pete love Cameron. Cameron Diaz. I miss Cameron Diaz. That was like my. Well, she's coming back next year. Crush. She's oh, got God, a new got Netflix a movie. She's unretiring next year, Cameron Diaz. I'm so excited for you. I love this movie. This is my favorite. Okay, this is my favorite. What do you got? Uh, I, I can think of a, I mean, my personal all time favorite Christmas movie, the one I usually watch every year is, uh, Scrooged with Bill Murray, the, uh, the, the Christmas Carol mm-hmm. take, but it's sort of, he's the, the, the Scrooge character. It's very funny. Great cast. Carol Kane is the ghost of Christmas present. 1988. Uh, yeah. Richard Donner, Bobcat Goldthwaite's in this movie, Alfred Woodard, great cast. It's really funny. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's a recognizable take on the Charles Dickens Christmas Carol, but with a very like nineties Bill Murray. This is the Bill Murray era. I love because Mm -hmm. I just watched, I told you I did. What about Bob? Girls are crazy. Love that one. Love that one. Every time we have dinner, they go, dad, don't start doing. "Mm," And I go, "Mm, Mm, mm, this corn corn fresh shot. Would you like some more salad, Bob? Yeah. Pilot, (laughs) pilot high and deep. Just, mm-hmm. Can you get the tomatoes off there? It, what about Bob? Have you seen it, Molly? Recently, I or no? you've mentioned it so many times. And I was trying to remember this the other day. I was talking to my kid, and I was like, "There's some movie that Jason always brings up, and then oh, usually Nick is. jumps in." I don't want to oversell they, it. I'm a, we're, we're, we watched, we're watching it. We're watching then it. Then we watched because they love that film so much. I said, "You want to watch another one that's just as good?" And we watched Groundhog Day. Mm. Oh God. which classic. delivers i mean four mm-hmm. six to twelve year old girls and their dads from the 80s i mean it just is a bullseye what about bob and groundhog day um it's just so a amazing perfect, a perfect capper for that trilogy i think oh. would be would be scrooge would be the that, that's the christmas the that's the christmas one to add on to add on top i can't play them perfect. stripes yet but I always loved Stripes as a kid because yeah. it had I a mean, little bit of risque scenes. It's and that was like that one of my bad. first. What's that? I say it's not that bad. I feel like within a few years, you could probably show them Stripes. Yes. But Stripes to me, this was the first time I was ever like, because what year did Stripes come out? Uh, 80. Might be an overshare. 81 or 82? Down a little bit. 81. 80, 81. 80. Okay. So when I, I saw it. Stripes, <laughs> you know, in that time period, I, and I think I saw it with the family. There were a couple of scenes where men and women were interacting in a very flirtatious, yeah, it's, know, maybe it's got a little that sexual lampoon. You know, yeah, it's like that 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 era. I was like, whoa! It was the first time I was like, <laughs> chicks, whoa, chicks. I was like a twelve-year-old boy, like, whoa! I like that. I don't know what I like, but there's something going on here that I'm kind of digging. And it, that was my like little. Ooh. It's funny all this stuff. That I, <laughs> we grew up. Nick is like, ooh. No, there's I all was just. Stuff, and he's like, oh. There is a bunch of stuff that we grew up watching on TV, like that was on TBS. And then now uh-huh. when you watch it, when you rewatch it in streaming on Netflix or HBO or something, you're like, oh my God, there are boobs and also the F word. Like, I didn't know there's like a huge F bomb in big. 
Oh yeah. Well, they, oh yeah. right, it does happen. Because like they didn't that wasn't on TBS when we watched it on TV growing right. up, and then I showed I it to myself when he was kind of young, and I was like, "F bomb." Oops. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, TV Space show Balls. Wednesday has f bombs. No, Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Has, oh, Spaceballs. I remember from being a kid. I think that was the first f word I ever heard. Was when uh, Rick Moran. Did you did you watch Spaceballs. this Wednesday yet? That everybody's yeah, talking I about Wednesday. I thought it was Any all good? right. Okay for a six year old. Okay for a twelve year old. What do you think? Definitely okay for a 12 year old. Six year old, I don't know if it's inappropriate or if they just, I don't, I think it might be a little bit past, past them. The 12 year old will probably like it. It's very, it's like, it's what if you put Wednesday Adams in like a Riverdale? Like it's very much a CW mm. show plus Adams family together is Wednesday. People are freaking out about the People woman in this, the, the young actress. Yeah. And Jenna or I don't know if she's young or not. Um, she's, she's 20. She's, young. she's like she's a 20. baby. Yeah. Um, and there's some dance scene that went viral. I see it all over TikTok and everywhere. Yeah. And this a is a dance song. scene that she's doing that's an homage to the original Wednesday there, in it's Adam's a, Family. It's just a weird, it's the cramp song, Goo Goo Muck, which is like this rockabilly song from the 80s. And she's just doing this very weird dance to it, like a Wednesday Adams thing. But then at one point, she does this like weird little tap dance move that is, I guess, a reference to the old Adams Family TV show and a uh -huh. dance that the Wednesday Adams did there so yeah this so is this the is tiktok scene. bait is it not like you do this oh, yeah. on a tv this show knowing yeah. that it's gonna everybody's gonna imitate it because people want to dance people love to dance oh, Jennifer. This is the, exactly Jennifer the sort of thing that is breakout choreographed it is that true she choreographed it yeah they're saying jenna ortega came up with this dance on, on her own she's huge and she's gonna get huger like she is such a big deal she right had a big year this because year. She this. was also yeah. in that Scream movie that came out earlier this year and that movie X, that sort of indie horror film that was a big hit uh, earlier this year. Right. Uh, so yes. she, she's like a real breakout sort of horror movie, Scream Queen 2022. She'll, and she'll she be had COVID. Stuff. Is she and better she did than in Christina uh, Ricci? Well, she's all, Ricci also in this. Ricci. Ricci. She plays Christina Ricci played a killer Wednesday. I don't remember yeah. when that film came out. The 90s. Wasn't she awesome for Adam's Families? 91. Yeah, there were two of those Adam's Family movies that Barry Sonnenfeld did in the 90s where Christina Ricci was the was Wednesday. But she's in this now. She plays a teacher in the new show. Oh, really? Yeah, they brought her yeah, back. Angelica Burton, Houston and Christopher Lloyd were also in that. Wow, I forgot. That's going to be a good Tim Burton directed fault. the first four episodes of Wednesday. That's the big draw. What? It's yeah, a Tim, Tim Burton jam? The first half. He directed the first half of the episode. Oh, I'm in. I love yeah, it. People Tim are Burton. loving it. It's a little it's like a little young for us is what I've heard because it is that kind of CW vibe, mm. but it's definitely playing to the teens. I feel like your 12 year old is going to go nuts for it. Uh, but, you know, I, I enjoyed it. If you liked Veronica Mars or Riverdale or that kind of show, mm -hmm. you'll probably like this. Buffy. I'm in. Buffy. I'm watch. Sure. Exactly, exactly. I always say we do this every week and every week I'm like, I'm going to watch all of that. And then I watch like <laughs> one show the entire week and the rest yeah. of the week I go to bed at night. <laughs> Someday I've got a nice long list. One mm. other Christmas <laughs> movie I was going to mention just because I feel like it gets it gets buried under the radar and it's it's older on Netflix. So it doesn't come up in 2019. Netflix released an animated film called Claus or Klaus. I guess it's Klaus. Oh, yeah. Klaus. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. With uh, J.K. Simmons did a voice. Jason Schwartzman. It's sort of like a. Uh, origin story for Santa Claus like it's oh. trying to sort of re a prequel to like the the Santa Claus myth and where Santa came from the animation is incredible as you can Ooh. even see from here the animation is awesome and really different and interesting looking but it's a really cool story too I, I really liked this movie so 
this would be a good hmm. one for kids on around Christmas too. Well, I'm going to go to my movies and films to watch, and I'm adding Claws, and I'm adding what was your rom com? The Holiday. The Holiday. Oh, the Holiday. The Keep it's it Nancy together. Myers. It's a classic. You'll it's like. so what, good. what about It's a Wonderful Life? Should I introduce yeah. that to the kid girls? Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. Do the Christmas uh, story. Do you guys watch the Christmas story? You know how they run that for 24 hours on Christmas Day? We always watch that at least three that's times. That's the one with the BB gun and put your tongue yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Ralphie, your eye Ralphie and shooting right, the BB gun. I, I think mean, if I you like watch, I think if kids life. watch that, they immediately take their tongue and they put it on a pole outside. I know yeah, we I, do. I feel like yeah. I feel like it's a wonderful yeah. life is the a right little, message. A you want them to be you want them to be women, don't you? You want them to be tough. I don't want to take them to the hospital with a rip. Nick tongue. is like, Elf? Hello? Don't worry, Nick. Elf is no, just no, like I said assumed. specifically I exclude Elf. Elf because we know Elf is a. Yeah. That's the right, obvious one. Don't, don't say the most obvious one because I would have said Gremlins one. too, but everybody knows Gremlins. A Nightmare Before Gremlins? Christmas, but everybody knows. Oh, Gremlins, Gremlins occurred during. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Oh, Gremlins mm-hmm. is way, a Christmas movie. It's scary. When though. I was in Dallas, I was looking for art house theaters because I wanted to see the new Spielberg film. I Fables. couldn't get anybody to go with me. 20 people at Thanksgiving. Not one person wants to go see this film with me. I want to go. This is why I want to go. I would, if I was in LA, Lon would have went with me. Mm-hmm. I would have gone. And I look I'm at the movie theater and they have a Gremlins experience where during the film, they, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, do uh, a Gremlins interactive movie. Wow. Experience. And so they have a, a thing where it's a- Alamo Drafthouse does. Oh, sure. Yeah, this sounds like them. Uh, a Gremlins movie party. And it's happening like every couple of weeks and it sells out. Here is, uh, yeah, here is what it says. Uh, wait, hold on. I got to find the copy here. Mm-hmm. All right, here it is. Joe Dante's Gremlins continues to be a pop culture sensation with its darkly funny story of a small town guy who receives blah, 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 which is amazing. Uh, he, um, a morgwai a mogwai a mogwai mogwai yes at our gremlins movie party we won't let you tear the place apart or ruin our electronics but we'll uh, have okay. all kinds of fun props available to help you get in the action including paper planes to throw around during the kitchen fight and masks so you can choose team spike or team gizmo we just ask that you follow simple rules don't get a mogwai mogwai wet don't expose us to bright light. Don't feed it after midnight. There's because there's Gremlins that there's party. that part in Gremlins where they take over a movie theater. Mm. So yes. I'm sure the idea is that when is the so Gremlins are going fun. crazy in the movie theater, you go crazy in the theater too. I'm sure that's. I part wonder of if the they fun. have that at the one in the mission. I'm in. That sounds so fun. I'll just end with this quick story. In Brooklyn, the Fort Way Theater, kids in Brooklyn are poorly behaved. Saturday afternoon ish, we go see Rocky. I don't know if it was Rocky or Rocky Two. It might have been Rocky Three with the Russian That's guy. That's with I, Mr. No, I think T. It was Rocky Two. Four, four is Dolph Lundgren as uh, oh, Ivan so maybe Drago. It was, no, I think it was number two. Three is anyway. three is Mr. T is Clubber Lang. Got it. I think it was number two. So we go. We see this movie. <laughs> two is Apollo. Now this again. is Brooklyn. A bunch of teenage kids, young adults, you know, whatever. And you know, this is a very intense movie. So everybody starts chanting, "Rocky, Rocky," <laughs> some. Buddy jumps up on their seat. They start throwing popcorn. And right as this kid throws popcorn, you're like, you know, there's going to be a spark in the riot. Somebody's like, sit the, you know, F down. This is Brooklyn in the 80s. And I kid you not, somebody throws a full big gulp at this kid's head. 
and it makes perfect contact. <laughs> this kid and everybody around him gets drenched. At which point, the two ushers come in. What's going on here? Flashlights. And then everybody takes their drinks and popcorn and simultaneously throws it at everybody. Sure. And the movie theater is pure chaos for the last 10 minutes. They can't stop it. They call the cops. They put the lights on. And then eventually <laughs> they stop the film. It was a freaking riot. Hilarious. I think we got towards the end. It was, I think we we're at the end of the film, but they kind of turned the lights on real quick and the police showed up like everybody out of the theater. I have never been covered in so much popcorn and drinks and had, it was one of the best experiences of my I mean, movie. listen, you're seeing a Rocky that's movie. Fun that's fun as hell. That's, 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 that, it was that so goes fun. with the territory. So fun. Don't go that to the movies in Brooklyn if you don't want the Gremlins interactive experience. This had to have been, it had to have been three or four because you were too young, I feel like. Rocky II was like, like this 79? Would be 80, this was 81 to 84. Yeah, I, it's three. I bet it's Clubber Lang and Mr. T. I bet it's Probably. number three. 81 to like 85. I know I was like a young adult and yeah. the movie theater eventually became a flea market mm -hmm. uh, and now is a like Chinese food market. Sure. Yeah, they all these big movie theaters. And it was one theater originally. And then when I was a kid, it moved to three, then mm -hmm. five. Yeah, right. When I was growing up, movie theaters used to have one or two screens, and that was it. There they, was there was no multiplex. That's not what a they thing did yet. was they took the balcony and cut it in half, kept the front of the theater. That was theater one, and then the two balconies got cut into theaters two and three. Pretty smart move. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks, Lon. My Thanks, Lon. I love having Lon. <laughs> so this know, show so went far too long, but but well, we're not sorry <laughs> all right and next up is of course it's friday it is so we got okay boomer rachel, rachel is talking to alex banks the founder of uh the founder behind through the noise and then also the co-founder of tribe scaler through the noise in case you don't know because you are not gen z is a publication that covers startups and vc without the noise see that see what he did there I've never tribe heard of scaler. this publication through the noise <laughs> exactly. Through the noise. TribeScaler uses AI to help users write better and faster, which is uh, all about creating viral hooks and headlines. And Rachel and Alex talked about how he got interested in the VC and startup space and then his own journey to becoming hmm. a founder. The Gen Z's will replace us all. Forget about AI. It's the Gen uh, Z's you got to watch out for. Through the noise. I'll check it out. All right. Enjoy, everybody. Enjoy. Okay, Boomer. I understood the assignment. Today on this segment of Okay, Boomer. Uh, for those of you who are living under a rock, Alex is crazy big over on Twitter. Uh, he's at the Alex Banks, but I actually did find him on Twitter. I found him through a great newsletter behind. Uh, he's, you know, the writer behind Through the Noise and Through the Noise is a publication. It covers startups and VC without the noise. And I found out you're also a co-founder. You're the co-founder of Tribe Scaler, and Tribe Scaler uses AI to help people write better and faster, especially if they're looking to create those viable hooks and headlines, and it works in seconds. And when I found out you were a founder too, I knew you had to come on the show. So again, thank you so much for joining me. Rachel, it's my pleasure. So I think first things first, we need to dive into how did you get into this space? Like I know we're around the same age. Um, and it looks like you, when I did some stalking, it looks like you kind of jumped right in, uh, right after university, after you did your master's. I started my degree at Imperial back in September, 2021 and realized that, look, I am going down this traditional route, which I thought I was dead set on. I had my sort of path mapped out. I wanted to pursue it with, you know, ultimate passion, but then I realized a few months in that, okay, hang on. What if there was a different path, perhaps the side door? 
that could accelerate and perhaps compress timelines. And from there, I realized, man, this game of creating content is something that I want to be part of. So back in January, I stepped foot in the world of Twitter, writing all things finance frameworks and startups, and really haven't looked back since, uh, since Rachel. It's been a one, one heck of a ride. Wow. And did you do anything like when you were younger that was like entrepreneurial? Why, why finance? I feel like starting a newsletter isn't necessarily something and becoming, um, honestly, I can feel like I can label you as like a writer at this point. That doesn't seem like a very natural path. It doesn't. It doesn't. And to be, to be candid with you, you know, finance and this concept of money was something that I've been enamored with for, for, uh, well, since a very young age. I remember being six years old. And in my primary school library, there was this big book, hardback, all on money. And I remember that you could only rent it out for one week at a time. And I made sure that I'd be every kid to the line in that library queue each week (laughs) to be the first one to get it. Because I was just fascinated with, you know, what is this sort of foreign, foreign object to me that at the time, you know, I had my little piggy bank and I sort of saw it rise as I got my little bit of pocket change throughout the years. But I thought, you know, what is this? What is this commodity? And, you know, over the years, you know, you, you learn to respect it. It's, you know, um, very much a, a wonderful force to, you know, satisfy wants and needs and ultimately unlock a lot of opportunity and experience in life. And I think that's what, what, what it's all about. So from then a very young age to now, you know, studying economics and then finance to then going to, I guess, appreciate it from a high level and go, right, you know, how can I use attention to, get capital and ultimately unlock a lot of economic opportunity. And I'm sure that's what of what we'll go on and, and chat about with with respect to, you know, tribe scaler through the noise um, and seeing uh, seeing a lot of um, a lot of opportunity there that is that is yet to be untapped. Got you. And if I'm correct, through the noise came before uh tribe scaler, correct? Yeah, yeah. So h- h- here's here's the funny thing. Both of them are actually running in tandem from since the start. So okay. I began creating in January of 2022. And, you know, I, I immediately realized, look, there is an abundance of information online, right? And signal is more important than ever in an era where we're overloaded with content. You know, if we think about all these short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that are ever-present in our world right now, you know, TikToks, Reels, everything in between, where whilst they can be an excellent force for good and, and you know education they're, they're here to entertain they can also if used incorrectly you know they, they they can do some do do some bad things so i think my impetus to start through the noise was going look there is this abundance of information online how can i give you the signal my dissected thoughts and pieces one time a week in the essence of a newsletter and give that to you delivered straight to your inbox in a sort of two to three minute read you know this is my learnings that i'm going as a as a as a founder and as a creator and if i can share that to a group of like-minded individuals who are in the same boat and i can help shorten their time frames then i can put my head down at ease at night rachel i love that that's super awesome and i noticed that you use beehive and i've been talking about beehive for a while on this podcast yeah. i think it's so interesting um that somebody has not only come out of morning brew which feels like the masters at newsletters but come in and yeah. now um you know really shooken up the world of um the other newsletter platforms out there and it feels like it almost came out of nowhere have you always been on beehive or were you originally on a different platform you know i actually wasn't i started with twitter's native newsletter platform yes and i think whilst it is an excellent facilitator 
a frictionless facilitator of acquiring new subscribers, I ultimately don't think that the infrastructure they have is suited to you know ultimately scaling and growing a a a real newsletter. So you know they they have this wonderful in- integration where you can have a one click sign up with your Twitter profile, which is wonderful for capturing that sort of top of the funnel subscriber base. But if you want an actual an actual platform to design and scale through you know recommendations and having a great mechanism and writing board to actually you know ideate and create on then you know beehive is absolutely the the place to go and i say that out of no affiliation but pure splendor and enjoyment for using the product like i've i've got huge amounts of, of value from using it and their recommendation features and yeah that would be my 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 number one recommendation to anyone who's thinking about starting a newsletter in that look perhaps you can use the best of both use the review integration on twitter start capturing all of these all of these subscribers and then create on beehive and uh share what you love okay so you think that's a good strategy then i guess we do um we have a review newsletter that goes out once a week for the speaking startups and I've yeah. noticed that the clicks it gets it's so interesting how big the reach is and the same thing goes for LinkedIn's newsletter plugin. I actually love that you're saying that. So like grow on one platform and then when you want to get a little bit more creative with it, maybe switch to something that offers a little bit more in that sector. And you do call yourself a creator. Is there any other platform that um, you create on or is the newsletter really like your main thing? I know uh, like Harry Stebbings, for example, is like huge on TikTok now too, which is really cool to see. Are you on any other platform? Yeah, no, listen, I started Twitter native. I've gone onto the newsletter and I think video is going to be my next adventure. The next so one? I've actually I've actually just uploaded my first my first TikTok and short today. So oh. I'm going to be using using some similar growth strategies that okay. I employed with with Twitter and seeing where we go over the next yeah. year. So I'm super excited for all things short form video and seeing yeah. where we land. That is so cool. And then um moving on to your the other side of you which is Tribe Scaler I love this idea. I'm really excited by AI. I know a ton of people. It's a pretty, I didn't know that it was a, uh, I guess, a controversial topic. I've always been a fan of Descript and Descript is what I used to edit my podcast. We don't use it at this week in startups, um, but I used it when I had my own personal one and they came out with an AI integration and it rocked. And that was kind of like my first intro being like, oh my gosh, this is so freaking helpful. So when I saw TribeScaler, I was like, great, like writing copy um, obviously, like they always say, if you go to a, a marketing class for especially doing videos and short form content, they say like that first sentence right off the bat, if you're saying a yeah. TikTok, like what is that hook? And having yeah. TribeScaler there to, you know, help make those um, better and faster is really interesting. Um, who did you co-found this with and why? Sure. I'll give you a little bit of a breakdown. So Paul Graham famously said that, look, the best way to get startup ideas is not to try to think of startup ideas. It's actually to look for problems, preferably problems that you have yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, when I started creating content on Twitter back in January, you know, getting eyeballs on your social media content is extremely difficult. Extremely yeah. difficult. You know, I, I would hit publish and my tweets would sit in the dark for for days. And to say the least, you know, I, I struggled for the first four months creating online. And even if you write the greatest content on the internet, you'll still face the same challenge, which is how can I get it seen by millions? Whereas looking back, it's actually quite easy to see why. So in December 2021 is sort of where I sort of started this 
creating passion as I, I was i was almost i was doing a little bit too much gear gathering rachel you know i was sort of you know how can i have my, my systems in place my frameworks in place to sort of write great content when actually i should have just dived straight in in, in in the deep end which i did back in january anyway i decided to, to try my hand writing on twitter and you know i was totally crowded by imposter syndrome um, you know, I, I was, I'd been lurking for the years prior and shortly after I made that switch from consumer to creator, I crossed paths with a fellow Alex, Alexander Leovark. <laughs> he's, he's from, uh, from, from Norway. I mean, the internet oh, is such okay. a wonderful facilitator of, of, of relationships. Anyway, both of us were new to the platform, yet I was immediately blown away by his data expertise and deep knowledge of AI. Needless to say, we got on like a house on fire mm. and, you know, we, we both shared this deep curiosity for what made the original gangsters of Twitter blow up, right? You yeah. know, 5,000 likes, 10,000 likes, 50,000 likes. You know, what was the <laughs> secret source to virality? And ultimately, I wanted it. And that was when the aha moment kicked in, in that, look, the hook for your content is the most important factor in, in its success, right? If you have a mediocre hook and great content, your content will just sit in the dark. If you have a great hook, and mediocre content, then your content will get some eyeballs, but you're not following through. Yeah. If you have a great hook and great content, that's the wombo combo. That's what you're looking for. So the hook is the ultimate factor in whether your thread succeeds or fails. That's with respect to Twitter. It might be a YouTube video. It might be an email newsletter. It might be the headline. And so that was when Alexander and I ultimately sat down and go, look, what, what product or at least what form will this take? So we spoke to hundreds of friends on Twitter. I was lucky enough to have met some fascinating um, and wonderful creators. And we, we, we sat down, got to the drawing board, and uh, ultimately released Tribescaler back in mid-September. So we're two and a half months in, and we're very much um, our sort of big picture vision, to cut a long story short, is to ultimately build the first digital second brain combining your notes with AI. So how can we be a facilitator of your unique perspective, not just the AIs, but your, all your notes, all your resources, all your ideas that you've collected throughout time. How can we amalgamate these and allow you to share them with ultimate pleasure and efficiency and layer AI into that to make it way, way quicker and way better? So are people currently using Tribescaler for writing their tweets, especially those threads? Correct. Yeah. So um, we've just past 200, 200 customers, which has been super, oh, super awesome. cool to see. Um, and we've got, uh, yeah, people are, people are writing their, their hooks with it, their tweets with it. We're going across to LinkedIn content creation as well. Smart. So we're exploring these different adjacent markets that we can find our way into. Gotcha. That's super interesting. I love seeing things like you're not trying to take, I think when people are afraid of AI, I think a lot of times it's because they don't want a computer to take that complete creative control so i like yep. that you guys are kind of not going about it as saying like this is a tool in your toolbox this isn't like something that is a replacement it's just, it's a supplement it's something that can help your content be even better 100 we we see it to augment your creativity not replace it yeah and i i definitely see uh that happening on linkedin it's funny that you say that because i think linkedin gets a bad rap i personally don't do anything on linkedin but i do see like these massive massive uh stories of growth happening over there. And it's funny because mm. I, as much as I say, I don't like love LinkedIn. I'm a very big advocate. I'm like, oh, like LinkedIn's so cringy. It's so cheesy. But yeah. from like a growth perspective, I've had to use LinkedIn and like pretty aggressively had to use LinkedIn in college. And yeah. 
every job search you have, you know what I mean? It's kind of like that aggressive push on LinkedIn. And it's one of those social media sites. Like if anybody's ever been unemployed, you know how often um, you're checking LinkedIn, you know, waiting, looking for that next job. So the eyeballs that are going to LinkedIn, those are a different level of dialed in compared to Twitter, where if I'm on Twitter, I'm kind of passively scrolling. But if I'm looking at something from a career perspective, I can imagine having things like a good hook where I'm really dialed into that person's content that matters yeah. like, immensely. And for, for tribe scale, you guys said you recently hit um, over 200 customers. That's awesome. What's your business model? Yeah. So we are currently consumer SaaS. So we have a subscription model that we're, that we're running at the moment with a couple of plans. Um, one is grow. The other is pro where obviously grow. You have X number of credits that you can use each month to generate content and pro is uh, an, an infinite amount. So you can, you can hit generate all you like and you can get endless ideas sparking your, your, <laughs> your creative output. Um, and at least sort of how we see that, how we see that growing, Rachel, we're, you know, big, big advocates for increasing your, at least increasing the bang for the buck that you get. So expanding our suite of tools that you can use and employ for your creative output, whether that be, you know, every, something as small as writing a tweet to something as big as being informed on the global markets right how how can we tailor these tailor these these pieces to an to a very select persona from you know content creating all the way to you know perhaps uh even a trading floor down the line yeah i could even see this happening or being a great tool i go to like cpg websites for example all the time and the copy that's used and the hook that's even used on yeah. websites has been something that has been increasingly on my mind lately because i'm always say it's not just the packaging anymore it's like what's like the next step like after the packaging is good and after you know that consumer product like really shows like okay this is usable what are they saying um and i think really great kind of uh like unique company that does this is my brothers wear these shorts they're called bird dogs um and they're just funny they have a really funny um they have really funny taglines over on their social media I know maybe maybe it's not even their social media team doing it, but I do notice that creators, at least that are promoting mm. bird dogs, are mm. really funny. And it's all with that first sentence where I'm like, yeah. they're just out of pocket. So excited to see where this is going on so many different aspects. And if people wanted to find you or find Tribescaler, um, where would they go? Yeah. So Tribescaler's at Tribescaler on all socials. And if you want to get in touch with me um i'm at the alex banks on most platforms amazing alex thank you so much for joining and like i said super pumped to see where this all goes rachel it's been a real pleasure joining you today cheers